0: Healthy Mind Matters, where we discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Healthy Mind Matters is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare and Select Health. Here's our host, Maria Chileos. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters today. We are talking about Angel Watch and support for moms through pregnancy loss. With me is Amelia Hopkins. She is a social worker for Intermountain Healthcare and director of the Angel Watch program. Amelia, tell me a little bit about your group, a little bit more about um, maybe the staff. I guess is the bright <laughs> word that I'm looking for, and who actually reach out to these women and help these women.
1: Oh yeah we biased opinion i'm sure but we just have such amazing some of the most amazing people that work for us um all of our areas have social workers in them that are trained in grief and loss most of them have spent five, ten, or more years with um, specifically in labor delivery with people who are losing their babies um, during that really, really tough time. Uh, Everybody gets that kind of training when the Angel Watch program. And then we also have nurses who either have backgrounds in labor and delivery or NICU so that they understand a little bit about what um, physically these moms are up against um, when they're carrying these babies. And you know, some of these moms come back and say, the doctor keeps saying this word and I don't know what that means. Then there's a nurse that can say, here's what that means. Maybe you need to, you know, kind of help them understand what questions they need to be asking their doctor in order to understand better what what's going on in the pregnancy.
0: So many important decisions mm-hmm. for a mom, for a new mom. And there has to be a lot of guilt associated with making some of these decisions. That's one aspect that we haven't talked about.
1: Oh, so much guilt. We have so many moms that really, and it's not uncommon at all, but it breaks my heart every time, that really think that they caused this. We had one mom tell us that she... She knew that if she had just not bought those prenatal vitamins from that certain store at a higher, excuse me, at a lower cost, if she'd gone somewhere else and paid a higher cost for those prenatal vitamins, this wouldn't be happening to her baby. Another one was lifting heavy boxes because they were moving, and she was pretty sure that that's what caused it. So, really trying to mitigate some of that self blame. You know, we as women really second-guess everything we do, whether that's the haircut or the paint color on our walls. Um, but to second-guess yourself in some of these really difficult, big decisions, that's, that's a hard thing. So we try to help people come to a place where that, self, that self-doubt and that second-guessing isn't going to, to creep back in
0: and cause damage. I know that you probably don't give advice, but you're offering support. Talk about Mm -hmm. the importance of not trying to tell a woman what to do.
1: Oh, Best compliment I ever got was when a dad at the end of talking with him for two and a half hours told us, you know, we've been doing this for five months now. And you're the first people we've met that I can't tell what your opinion is of what what you want us to do, and I, my partner that I go in, her name is Kay, that I go in with. Her name is Kay. We just gave each other high fives in the car. We're like, okay, we're doing this right, because people don't really need advice on what to do. They need support to know that whatever they choose is going to be okay. That you support them. That you may not understand. That you may not. Um, want want them to to do it the way they're doing it, whether that be you want them to bury instead of cremate or you want them to name a baby something else or don't name them that because we want you to save that name for someone else. that's those are the types of things like your opinion probably isn't going to be very helpful unless it's supportive. And even if you have been through something like a miscarriage, that's still different than this particular situation with a potentially lethal diagnosis for an unborn baby, that it's not the same. So so sharing that story may not be as helpful as you feel it is at that moment. They need a hug more than they need advice.
0: Right. So while they do need this support, oftentimes I think advice becomes judgmental. You mentioned oh. that They feel like they're being judged. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And I can't even imagine having to make these choices. And I've watched almost a thousand women make these choices. And I still can't imagine the pressure that they're under to try to figure out what's best for them.
0: I was really moved about what you were talking about, that this just isn't the mom that's impacted by this. Mm -hmm. Um, The entire family, the grandparents, uh, the husband, how the husband is impacted differently Mm -hmm. than mothers. And Talk about the family for a second and talking to children about what's going on with mom's pregnancy and how you try to help with that.
1: Okay. So with children, again, with children, it's (laughs) who knows, because it just is going to depend on a lot of age factors and personality factors. But children are always going to do better when the parents are doing better. So the best way to help a child grieve well is to help the parents grieve well and handle their stress in appropriate ways so that the children have a good pattern to follow and that they fe- continue to feel safe. Like, And one of the things we tell all of our families is don't tell your children that the baby is sick because a 7-year-old doesn't know the difference always, some do, but some don't, between a cold, cancer, and a lethal diagnosis. And so if you say, that ba- you know, our baby's sick th- – next time they get a cold does that mean this is going to happen to them or if grandma is sick does with cancer but you leave off the cancer word does that mean the next time someone falls and breaks their leg that it's a life and death situation but also giving them permission to cry it's okay to cry in front of your children it's okay to let them know that it it's you're really sad that their baby brother or sister isn't going to be able to come home, but that you are so glad that they are there, that they do help you feel better, but that it's not their job to help you feel better as the parent, but they do make you happy so that the child doesn't feel like this is something that's happening to them, that they are a part of it. And if they want to be there, if you want your kids to be there in the delivery room, great. Prepare them for that. Don't just throw them into
0: the middle of it and have it be a chaotic experience for them. Right. How do you prepare them? What does that conversation really look like? You know, it looks different
1: for every every family. Every social worker's pat answer is it depends. <laughs> but right.
0: um so I think every doctor's <laughs> answer is that. I would say how long am I gonna is it gonna <laughs> take for me to recover? Well it depends on infection or it depends I I think that it does depend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely depends on age and maturity and lo- so many different
1: factors. But there's a there's a grief a grief specialist. His name is Alan Wolfelt, and he's he's kind of an older school, um, but he has some great things that he says um, that apply to helping children in grief. And one of the things he said is, if a child is too young to walk into the funeral or walk into the um, Well, if they're old enough to do those things, then walk with them into the funeral or into the hospital room. If they're too young, then you should carry them. And I think it's a great analogy for saying, you know, they may not understand it, but but it's okay to do it in a healthy way to expose them, to prepare them. Mom may have a nasal cannula. Mom may have some type of an IV in her hand and talk about that. And also tell them about the cool buttons that are on the bed. And they can get, like, free cups of soda or juice or something. So it's it's kind of the bigger picture, not just the little picture of the scary stuff. And give them permission. If they don't want to come in the room, that's fine. They don't have to. Maybe they only want to see their baby brother or sister on a picture of the cell phone. Maybe they want to hold them, but they don't want to unwrap them. They only want to see their toes or they only want to see their hands, and that's okay. Give them permission to kind of set it at their own pace. And then don't be surprised if they're crying. And then literally 10 to 15 seconds later, they're saying, hey, didn't you say that there is a cafeteria here with um, some donuts that I can go get? That's normal. They also have breakers in their heads that you can only handle grief for so long before that breaker flips. And they change topics. They just want to keep going with something else.
0: It sounds like a lot of what you do with children is ask questions of them and how they're feeling and what they are comfortable with. Very, is that right?
1: Yeah, we ask a lot of questions, and then we do activities because kids don't want to sit and talk. That's not how they process things. They do it through play. So we may go um, build little boxes and decorate boxes that they can write notes to their baby on and slip them inside, and then that box can be buried with their baby or go to the NICU with their baby, or they can give that those notes to their baby when their baby comes home. Maybe it's um, taking a paper plate and drawing the mask on the outside. What does your face look like on the outside, but what does your face look like on the inside? What does that feel like to you? Or you know, what do you want to do with your baby brother that you might not get to do later? You want to make sure he knows what a chocolate chip cookie tastes like? No problem. You and mom sometime are going to go do a chocolate chip cookie run, and you're going to go to three different places or try two different cookie recipes, and you are going to build a memory where your baby brother, you get to do something for your baby, Um, whether that be testing different flavors of chapstick, eating different foods, going to the sibling's soccer game, whatever it is, maybe that baby gets to go cheer for their older sibling at the basketball game or the dance or whatever it is.
0: Wow. You have come up with just so many wonderful ways to help a family work through this grieving process.
1: Thank you. We love what we do. Um, It's definitely a conversation killer when people say, what do you do for a living? But it is, you always feel like you make a difference. And we're privileged to be able to feel that way about what we do.
0: All right. We need to take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.